this time on Past Deadline. This week's news in 60 seconds and a conversation with Associate Editor Courtney Patterson on the university's new COVID-19 guidelines. I'm your host, podcast editor Ben Ackley, and this is Past Deadline, your behind-the-scenes look at Central Michigan life. Here's this week's news in 60 seconds. On June 25th, the Board of Trustees approved an increase on parking meter rates and ticket fees. Now an hour on a parking meter is 50 cents instead of 25 cents, and a meter parking violation is $15. Other ticket fees, including parking in the wrong lot, parking with no pass, and parking in a restricted area are now $30. Anthony Wilson, a CMU senior from Georgia, is currently petitioning the university in regard to changing the names of both Faust Hall and Kelly Short Stadium. Wilson said that although renaming a building and a football stadium isn't enough to fix inequities on campus, he believes it is a good place to start. Quote, I think that as a campus community, we are looking for unity and a campus that is representative of all students. African-American students on this campus continue to deal with systemic inequities that exist within our society. End quote. On August 11th, Junior Kolm Klopsik tweeted a friend's video taken from inside the residence hall the university dedicated to sheltering students exposed to COVID-19. Students in this building have either been in close contact with someone who had tested positive for COVID-19, or they had tested positive themselves. The Snapchat video shows people walking past the videographer's door. The students were meeting up to go to a party outside of the building, according to the caption. CMU's Twitter responded to the video, stating that they were investigating the incident. On July 27th, CMU launched Seamish Health Screen, a COVID-19 symptom screening smartphone app. The app asks users if they have been in close contact with a COVID-19 patient in the last two weeks, as well as if they are experiencing any COVID-19 symptoms themselves. A yes answer to either question will lead to a follow-up from a member of clinic staff. According to the Fired Up for Fall website, faculty, staff, and students are required to self-screen for symptoms each day before coming to campus. That was this week's news in roughly 60 seconds. Next, we're going to talk to Associate Editor Courtney Peterson about her back-to-school safety guide, this week's cover story. I'm here with Associate Editor Courtney Pedersen, who wrote our cover story this week, the back-to-school safety guide in relation to COVID-19 on CMU's campus. Courtney, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Ben. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Uh, Let's just get right into it. So first of all, can you just give people a summary of the story for those who maybe didn't see it when it came out? So the story focuses on what students and faculty have to do um, while being back on campus and how like this the fall semester will look like due to everything with COVID-19. Um, so we have the story and it's split into different subheads. Um, and there's like, it talks about the academic guidelines, like how, what classes will look like, how there's a hybrid, high flex, asynchronous and synchronous models for different, for classes. And then we talk about student life, which is like all the different aspects. Like this is what RSOs will look like. This is what um, the SAC looks like and the library and different things. And then there, and then there is a dorm life section or residence halls where we talked about like what the rules are there. And then there is this accompanying story that's right after it that talks about um, campus dining. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually brought something up that I think I want to get into just for a mm-hmm. second, yeah. especially for people who aren't as familiar with the way we do things uh, online. 
Mm-hmm. Could you just do a quick explanation of hybrid classes versus high flex classes versus synchronous online classes versus asynchronous online classes? Okay, so a okay, so synchronous online classes would be online classes that are taught like with the live stream model. So like, if you have a class like that was originally supposed to be on Tuesday at 9 a.m. and Thursday at 9 a.m., you would still, like, um, be present virtually at 9 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you would still, like, have to do stuff through class that way. And it would be, like, the virtual, like, WebEx, Zoom, whatever model your teacher wants to use. And then Mm -hmm. asynchronous is it's an online class where you just have, like, your assignments and your, like, presentations and lectures that you kind of get to do on, like, your own time i guess like it's not like you have to be there in a certain time in a certain day and then so then high flex is a combination of in-person like face-to-face classes and um online synchronous classes so if like you're someone maybe in the class one day like for some classrooms they may have like um a maximum occupancy that can only allow half of the class in so what they would do is half of you would be in there on one day and the other half would be virtual. And that would be like the online synchronous and you'd be virtual, the live streaming into the class. And then hybrid is some of it is in person and some of it is um, asynchronous online. So it's just kind of like the assignments and stuff you would do. So it's a mixture of both. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cause there are many types of online classes we have now on, uh, I know, especially within this first week of class, a lot of people have had confusion in relation to that. Okay, so you put together, uh, along with another one of our reporters, a really big package to start off the year uh, with all of these changes that the university is going through. Um, How did you go about talking to specific people and getting uh, human sources or reaching out to departments for information for this story? So as we do with a lot of stories, um, when we have talked to like administrators, we do go through UConn for some questions and kind of try and get some answers from them um, and try and get them to help us set up some interviews. Um, and the, at the end of the day, we really did, we did a lot. Uh, I did, um, I interviewed one guy virtually um, and he's the residence hall. He's the, like, he's like the resident's life like assistant director and I talked to him his name is Alan Jones a little bit about um some of like the stuff that has that goes on with that like the rules for like residence hall life and then um we we, a lot of the stuff we did um and then when I talked to people for I have anecdotes within my story obviously where I talk to students and get their opinions like hey like what are your thoughts so for that I ended up actually doing a Facebook and Twitter post trying to find people to talk to. So I get like a wide variety of students. And then I found a bunch of people. So I called a bunch of different people and got their like stories and like um, used that throughout my story. And then, um, I mean, that's pretty much it for like sources that like pe- sources like of people that we talked to just mm-hmm. because a lot of it was um, frequently asked question um, sheets. Right. And then that moves into sort of the next thing we wanted to talk about, which was, I know that you had to do a lot of 
scouring of the internet and various mm-hmm. CMish pages and other sites to find mm-hmm. all the information for this story. Um, can you just sort of go through the process of that, compiling all of this information into one place? Yeah, so CMU has um, a Fired Up for Fall website, and um, or it's like a section of their website, I guess, but if you just type in, like, CMish, Fired Up for Fall, like, it comes up. And when I would go, you would go to that page, and it has a bunch of different sections that it's broken into, and so you'd have to look at each one, and then a lot of the times, those sections would hyperlink to frequently asked question documents or a variety of different um like formats for to like give you information so i would go through a lot of residents life um documents or campus dining there were some for there was one for the library but then like they're in so many different places and they're not even all like accessible from the fire up for fall page so it was hard to try and find them sometimes like i'd get a link from heather and area when i would ask some questions like oh it's all answered here so mm-hmm. it would be that type of um just trying to find what you're looking for like without like and trying to gather all the information he's like oh all the information you need is primarily on the fired up for fall page which is great but the fired up for fall page is it just has so there's just so much information that it's hard to like how we go looking for. Right. So th- how long would you say that that just information gathering process took distilling that uh, website down? Well, so I wouldn't say it took quite a while. Um, a couple days or so. Um, cause Kate, um, because like, Katie and I would like look at it, try and get information. And like, it was one of those things that there was just so much you had to go through that you would try and get stuff, but it was one of the things that you would have, like, even though you try and gather it all and write it all out, like within days, so you don't do it all in once. You have to like look at it all, like as you're writing it again and try and make sure you know everything specifically. So it was a lot. I don't know. I would just say like a lot of time. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. have like a specific amount. Did you experience any sort of changes within the rules of the university or anything as you were writing the story? Um, not really. Um, some of the th- things, like the questions we had, were just you. Would, we just had to like double check because like it was unclear, like what they were trying to say specifically. But most of the time, um, it was like like they kept things the same. Hmm. Um, it was just um, how like some things obviously changed like for back to school like I know we didn't include this in this specific story but we wrote about um, leadership safari and stuff and like the leadership safari plan had changed so many times throughout the summer and a lot of things like that so it kind of depends but like once they had like these guidelines set out a lot of them were the same it just stayed the same because it's like about mask wearing social distancing limited occupancy which has been like the same all summer for everything right so I mean, kind of talking about changes, the big thing that I wanted to talk to you about, since you have all this information, you talked to all these people who have been making these decisions for the university is um, kind of what you see happening. We know we're probably heading towards another spike with the coronavirus pandemic. And um, I, I was just wondering what you think is going to happen. This is obviously all sort of your informed opinion, but what do you think is going to happen uh during the semester are we going to go fully online 
is that going to be sooner rather than later? Is that going to happen at all? Are they going to bring more people onto campus? <laughs> yeah. So that's a great question. And obviously it's one that no one really has the answer to, but I know that like there, like a lot of people have been partying throughout the weekend and um, people are coming from all over and there's just all of these people, like it's kind of like a cesspool for the coronavirus. Like, um, and I mean, although like I'm sure people, a lot of people are being safe. I don't think everyone is. And like um, when I was on campus today, most people were wearing masks even when I was outside. So like, it, it, like I felt, I personally felt safe because people were being like pretty respectful, but I wasn't in a class or anything. But you know, other people like don't necessarily feel that way. And like, it really depends. Like I was just walking around outside in the UC for a little bit. So like, I like, it was fine just there, but like I also was not in a classroom. Um, but I know that like, that's not really the issue. It would be like people gathering outside of classes and spreading it to each other. And then just a bunch of people getting it. And I personally think that due to some of the irresponsibility that students ha are, have been having, there is the possibility of us going online within the next few weeks, which I can see happening. Um, and I can see, I can, like, so since we're one of the first colleges and um, like public universities in Michigan to go back, I can see Governor Whitmer trying to close um, down the rest of the universities before they go back due to um, how it's going for our school. Mm -hmm. I just think it would depend overall, like, kind of how the what the case count comes up to but i think that's a huge possibility and i think a lot of people are anticipating that to happen and are kind of waiting it out feels like a lot of students are disappointed in their classmates who did party this weekend or who are refusing to wear masks and things so i think it's one of those things that it's definitely a big split between how people feel but it'll definitely just depend on how it spreads and that's kind of an unknown right so you got a lot of information for this story, obviously. Mm -hmm. You can make an informed guess about something like that. What I was going to ask you is, was there anything in this story that really stuck out to you as something that students and faculty and staff here need to know that they might not have heard before? Because we all know, you know, you got to have masks on campus. They're even recommending them outside, mm -hmm. wherever you are on campus. We have that information. We know about hand sanitizer and half-capacity classes. But was there anything that you found out that you think everyone needs to hear about? Um, I think that, the, like, overall, the university, like, people who, like, know the information they need to know. Because off-campus students don't necessarily know the type of dining halls, but why would they need to? Because they're right. not living there. But I think some of the like basic things that like is kind of unknown to students is how the library is working and how this semester the library you have um like you can't go in there and peruse the stacks if you would like to check out a book you have to do it online and then you can pick it up from their contact list pick up and then once you return it books will be quarantined and it'll be the process to make sure the germs don't spread and like the stack is obviously not open as like other gyms but it, classes can be held in the sack and um different things like that and like registered student organizations including greek life have to um abide by like social distancing and like um making sure their gatherings like are virtual or like within like certain limits or they could be suspended so like um 
those are definitely like things that I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily know unless they need to know. Right. Right. Well, I think that about wraps us up, Courtney. Thanks for coming on and thanks for writing this awesome cover story. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. (laughs) This has been the first episode of the new format of Past Deadline. Every story referenced in this episode can be found at our website, cm-life.com. To keep up with us, follow us on social media at Central Michigan Life on Instagram, at CM Life on Twitter, or follow the Central Michigan Life Facebook page. I've been your host, podcast editor Ben Ackley, and this has been Past Deadline. Until next week, so long, and stay informed.